Should DeSantis run for president? Will we be wearing masks for a couple more years? And is Biden really a Catholic? I'm Josiah Everton, and this is The Glorious Rescue. Aren't you tired of feeling forced to choose between staying informed and being indoctrinated? Listen to the condensed news cycle without the lies, agendas, and confusion from the mainstream media, all while engaging in deeper discussions about the principles that have influenced our great nation. This is what rescuing America looks like. This is The Glorious Rescue. Those questions, those questions that I asked in the intro, those are the questions that we are going to be answering on today's show. DeSantis running for president, a really good idea. I'm, 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 I'm kind of a fan of the idea of DeSantis running for president. Will we be wearing masks for a couple more years? And is Biden really actually a Catholic? But before I do, I really honestly have to say that I need your help. And when I say I need your help, I actually mean it quite literally. I don't mean the classic YouTubers. Leave a comment down below. Hit that subscribe button. It always helps us out. Of course, it helps us out. You guys know that. But what I'm actually asking of, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, if you're listening on Spotify, podcasts, whatever you're listening on, I, I desperately need your help. And that is that I am trying to laser focus in on what the theme is of the show, what the goal is of the show, I should say. Not necessarily the theme. We know that it's to give you the consolidated news cycle as well as engage in these deeper discussions, but laser focus in kind of on the goal here. Do I spend too much time going through the current events? I want to keep you updated, but I just mean actually developing it. Do I need to spend more time developing that with more resources, more citations and things like that? Or do I just need to be barely giving you guys the headlines, the descriptions of what's happening, as well as linking articles below? I desperately need you guys to let me know, whether it's via direct messaging, text messaging, letting me know in the comment section down below. If you're listening on the audio platform, definitely head over to the YouTube channel and just drop me a comment. What would you like to see? Would you like to see shorter episodes, 10 to 15 minutes, where we just briefly touch on these topics? What do you want to see more of? As again, I'm just trying to garner or go through these comments and really laser focus in on what the goal is, uh, goal is of the show. If you're new here, make sure to hit that subscribe button so that you can be in the know. I was kind of sad to see that we had many, many people who watched the video of me going out in public asking strangers and showing people and strangers what's wrong with Trump and it not being Trump but they didn't subscribe and that was disappointing to me. So, um, I know I have done it before on the show, giving you different reasons to subscribe necessity out of gratitude, things like that today. Let's do out of pity, just out of pity for me, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. So with that in mind, with me trying to focus in on the show, I'm just going to briefly give you guys the headlines. Like I mentioned, briefly, briefly reference some headlines as well as giving you guys the links to the articles down in the description below. And then go into an end of show segment. So you guys let me know what you think. Not a different format. Completely the same, but I guess maybe more abbreviated. Just let me know. So first, we're talking a little bit about Trump. Donald Trump, Supreme Court. Donald Trump moving forward. What we are going to see, what we can expect. So first and foremost, the Supreme Court has thrown out a slew of 2020 presidential election lawsuits. And so really there was the last several election dispute lawsuits that have been coming up and that have obviously appealed to the Supreme Court. And most recently, they did throw them all out. Not necessarily any reason given. Just note that that is the custom. A lot of people say the Supreme Court threw out all of these election cases, didn't even give us a reason why. Just note again that they do not have to pick up these cases. They explain why they pick them up when they do pick them up. They don't necessarily justify when they don't. They just don't answer it. So don't think, don't read into it any further. There were three Supreme Court justices who dissented from this, and that was Alito, Clarence Thomas, and Neil Gorsuch. And they actually did dissent from one that I think is very specifically important. And that is one in which 
a state Supreme Court, the, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, just basically change the election rules without the legislator's approval. That to me is a big one because the legislator should be in charge of the election process. We're the ones, the people, the governed, who consent to our legislature. And it is the re and the reason why the legislator should be the one to handle these issues is that we are electing them and the power needs to go back to the consent of the governed. It's a little bit different for, let's say, the court system, the judicial branch of the government that are supposed to interpret the laws, the constitutional legitimacy of the laws or whatnot. But in regards to levying taxes, we're going to talk about that in the end of the show segment, or election issues, those should be handled by the legislator, specifically because the legislator is the representative of the people. And those powers that are granted to the government ought to be disseminated to the legislative branch because it takes the power back to the people. Nevertheless, that one specifically I thought should have been picked up denying or at least hearing whether or not a court has the right to change election rules in the middle of an election without the legislator's approval. That was one that I thought was needed, but I just wanted to inform you of that. Also, Trump, in a recent interview, one of his very first interviews after losing the election and after the inauguration of Joe Biden, he did say that he's looking at new, new social media platforms. He tossed around the idea of starting his own platform. He's tossed around the idea of going back to Twitter, but he says Twitter is quote unquote boring. So we'll see. He might go to a different social media platform. I'm only mentioning this to you because we're about to kind of move into what we should see in 2024 going forward. But yes, he may be moving. He may be starting his own. So let me know in the comment section if you would be joining Donald Trump's social media platform. But now as we move into the 2024 election, there's a lot of speculation. Will, will Trump run again? Ben Carson has stated that, of course, his words were Trump can, of course, come back in 2024. Those were the words of Ben Carson. I also read an article over here by, the, by Charlie Kurt about Ron DeSantis. And if Ron DeSantis would be the best GOP frontrunner for 2024, the presidential race, I honestly think so. I, I genuinely believe so. Another one that has been thrown around, the, or the idea that has been tossed around, is Candace Owens. Candace Owens, Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump. I, I honestly believe out of those three, Ron DeSantis would be better. And I have not necessarily looked into all of the policies of DeSantis. So don't get me wrong when I say, you know, you may find some foreign policy thing that Ron DeSantis believes that I disagree with. So don't get me wrong there that I'm not necessarily condoning his worldview, his policies. I don't know them all just yet, but just from a glance, I think DeSantis would have the best chance and would probably do the best good. I don't know. Probably going to get a lot of heat for, for that, that statement there. But anyways, I like the idea of Ron DeSantis. Nevertheless, I think that you're going to get a lot of people that like Trump, a lot of people that like Candace Owens, and DeSantis will get left in the dust, unfortunately, just like Ted Cruz was. <laughs> Still miss that missing the, the it's, it's sad it's the trump train right it could be the, the the ted train but instead it's the trump train anyways now we're going to move into a little bit of information about covid i'm not really going to be talking a lot about covid i'm just going to briefly go over a couple different headlines so that you can stay in the know first one being obviously what i referenced in the introduction and that is anthony fauci when asked on cnn's state of the union if it's possible that we could see masks in 2022 and he said basically it's a possibility then there was this statement if you remember about a year ago, it was two weeks to flatten the curve. It was, let's get, and then it was, you know, let's get cases under this amount. And there, there was actual statistical goals for us to be able to hit. And once we reached those goals, the American people would be set free, free to roam, free to live how we so choose, like we thought we could in America. But now listen to this arbitrary 
vague language. He says, quote, I want to see it go down, talking about cases. When it goes down and the overwhelming majority of people are vaccinated, then I feel comfortable saying we'd, we don't need to wear masks. So thank you, Dr. Fauci, because now it's not even based in statistics anymore. I mean, we, we have already contested the idea that it's not based in science, but now, now, that, now it's openly clear. There's no set goal. It's just a matter of when I kind of see it go down, you know, a little bit more than what I want and what I think it, it, it is reasonable. And when I start to see that a good amount of majority of people are vaccinated, then I'm going to say that, sure, we don't have to wear masks anymore. Like, thank you, Fauci has given us the approval to not know to no longer wear masks because it hit his arbitrary sense of reality. And so now he feels justified in letting us not wear masks. Anyways, not no, not really any more on that other than the one point nine trillion dollar Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus package, his coronavirus relief package that, oh yeah, basically uh, Peter Suderman has reported that 1% of the package would be spent on vaccines. 1% of that package would go to vaccines. Only 5% would go to quote unquote pandemic related public health needs. Only 5%. Three times that amount, 15% would go to liberal policy priorities that have nothing to do with the pandemic, according to the Daily Wire. So I just wanted to give you that little bit of encouragement, as well as companies that donated to Gavin Newsom have been given no bid state contracts. So, you know, if, if anything else is going wrong in the world, there's also that, that we also, you and me at the bottom of the totem pole, if only we had, you know, co companies that could get state contracts, we should have donated a little bit to Gavin Newsom, you know, for an insane, talk about ROI. Talk about ROI, the return on investment, just donating a little bit to Gavin Newsom's campaign and then getting a no bid state contract. He's given out $4 billion in no bid state contracts during the coronavirus. No bid meaning no one literally competed for it. The company wrote out, hey, this is what we want from you, handed it to them and Gavin Newsom looks at it and goes, yep, great, there you go and just passes it along. So there's that as well. Lastly, I'm just going to briefly touch on one last topic before heading into our end of show segment. That is Biden. And just very briefly, it's the idea of gun control. We haven't really gotten into gun control a lot. And that's one thing I want to move into a little bit more. I know I want to actually get into a, like, a little bit more full scale of a debate. Let me know if you think I should debate. I'd always, I've always wanted to debate that, that Hodge kid, Dave, or David Hogg, David Hogg on gun control. That'd be a lot of fun. But anyways, we talked about H.R. 127 and the massive damage that that would do this to the Second Amendment. A lot of it already applies to us in California already, but it would already it would it would it would crack down on us even more and be drastic all the way across the United States. And so I, I mentioned to reach out to your representative. Still, please do if you have not done so and ask them to vote no on H.R. 127. But Biden will probably push it through via executive order if it doesn't get done anyways. He's threatening, I guess, a four prong attack according to this article here at the Daily Wire, against Second Amendment. And so there's that. Obviously, the real reason or the real bastion to stay away this flood uh, of assault on our liberties would be the Supreme Court. And it would be courts in general. Even California courts are starting to actually open up their eyes a little bit. So don't fear because I don't necessarily think the Supreme Court would uphold any of these laws, but that's still a sad means to an end. That's still very Machiavellian. Like, go ahead and waste your time. I mean, it's not a bad idea to let the Democrats, while they control all of these branches of government, to let them waste their time on gun bills that won't get approved and will totally be tossed out by the Supreme Court. But that still doesn't justify that these bills are okay or not okay, if that makes sense. So one of the reasons why this, these are bad ideas is because of a recent shooting 
in New, New Orleans. And it, probably if anyone's listening in Louisiana, I apologize. You're probably going to crack down on my pronunciation of New Orleans. New Orleans, however you pronounce it. But three dead. Three people pronounced it dead in the shooting, one being the suspect. What happened? The suspect walked in to a gun store slash gun range, started shooting people, only got two people down, and then was shot and killed. And this is a classic example. I mean, what is more retarded than Gavin Newsom giving out $4 billion of no-bid state contracts? Taking a gun and going into a gun store slash gun range where people have guns out and are firing them and start firing at people. I want to say there were two people injured in the hospital in stable condition as well as two more that passed away, victims, and then one being the suspect. So this is a classic example. Anecdotal? Yes, by all means. This instance I'm saying is anecdotal in the sense of you walk into a gun store, you get shot if you're going to go shoot them up, and you would do a lot more damage if it were a movie theater or a gun-free zone. But there are massive amounts of statistical analysis and data that we can use to back up this idea as well. This is just a nice anecdotal evidence. Obviously sad, don't get me wrong, for for the families and whatnot. We we are, are very sad and apologetic to their our, our, to the families. Our hearts go out to them. But what I'm saying is, is this is an anecdotal evidence, but still good hypothetical evidence for a lack of gun control. Now we're going to move into an end of show segment of the founding era. Now here we are, another segment of the founding era. If you remember several founding era segments or whatnot ago, we started going through the Constitution. All we got to was the little paragraph on top of the preamble. So we're going to go through the entire section, 10 sections of Article 1. It sounds like a lot, but it's really not. It's just the legislative branch. And so the the Constitution is broken up by the preamble and then several articles thereafter. Article 1 being the legislative branch, and there's 10 sections within that branch or within that article laying out the actual duties and specifics of the legislative branch. There's not really much to it. And I do realize that we are now quite far into an episode that I stated to all of you was going to try to be abbreviated. So I apologize for that. But I do think it was abbreviated in the sense that it took us a less amount of time to get through more content. So hopefully let me know in the comment section or or whatnot if you are enjoying this. I don't know if it's necessarily much different than other episodes, but just let me know. Again, going back to the announcement earlier, what you think the goal is and should be of the show tips and things like that as I try to focus in on that. So first, I'm not going to go through all 10 sections, but section one just says all legislative powers here and granted shall be vested in a Congress, which shall consist of a Senate and House of Representatives, bicameral system, a House and a Senate. And this is very important because separation of powers, not one branch or not one, I should say, House has centralized power to write the laws. It is split by House and by Senate. One equal equal representation of the people, the other equal representation of the states. Senate being a representation of the states, two representatives per state, meaning Rhode Island, has the same amount of representation in the Senate as California. But you still have equal representation of the people in the House because it is obviously done by population. Very well done by the founders, I should say, a two-house, a bicameral system, one representing the people, one representing the states, although they both obviously represent the people. This legislative branch is the branch, like I referenced earlier, that is the representation of the people. It is the, 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 the channel for the American people's voices to ring out through our chambers of government, for us to be able, through, through the consent of the governed, raise our voices 
give our opinions and, and, and sign into law what we think should be the law. And that is very important. That's why taxes should be levied through us. That's why elections should be handled and election laws should be handled through the legislative branch, not through executive bureaucracies and whatnot. Section two, very simply, is about the House. Term lengths, elections, things like that. Section three is then the Senate. Same thing for the Senate, how long they serve and whatnot. And then section four is actually going into the elections, the times, the places, the manners of holding elections for senators and representatives. Section five talks about powers and duties for Congress, judges, qualifications, and majorities for certain proceedings and certain votings, you know, majorities and things like that. Section six talks about rights and disabilities of members. Mind you, this all comes from constitutioncenter.org. You can literally read the Constitution and the sections and get the gist of this. These are just nice, easier headings for all of us to kind of abbreviate in our minds and summarize. But like I said, Section 8 being the rights and disabilities, meaning you get compensated for serving in our legislature. You are not arrested during session and cannot be arrested going back and forth unless, of course, in the terms or in the cases of treason felony and breach of the peace. Section seven is the actual legislative process, how bills are passed and things like that. Section eight is, are, is a little bit more important. It's about the powers of Congress. So it opens up, quote, the Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises, to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. Very important, again, because it should be the legislative branch that handles these issues, a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And it is the people who should have the power to decide how we are taxed, how much we're taxed, duties, imposts, and again, the common defense, the military, and whatnot. That's important because if you remember back way back when, in the 1700s, when we were under British rule, the, the problem that the colonials had was that we were being taxed without being represented. We were being taxed by parliament and we had no representation in par parliament. We had charters under the king. And so it was the king. If he wanted to tax us, fine, because we had charters through him. We were under his rule. We were not under parliament's rule. We would be if we were represented, but we were not represented in parliament. Therefore, they had no power over us. Therefore, they couldn't tax us. That was the whole argument. A little bit lengthier, but I hope that makes sense to you. That's why Congress, it's important for Congress to lay the taxes. That's why I believe it's important for Congress to lay election rules and laws. Section 9 talks about powers denied Congress, and Congress are not allowed to fulfill these rights. So, for instance, suspending habeas corpus, and then taxes, ex post facto laws, certain taxes, I should say. Again, Section 10, power denied to the states. And then it concludes, like I said, Article 1 with Section 10 saying, No state shall enter into any treaty, alliance, or confederation, grant letters of mark and reprisal, coin money, emit bills of credit. And then it goes into more ex post facto laws and laws impairing the obligation of contracts or grant any title of nobility. It is sad. I did recently see on social media that you could like buy land in like Scotland or Ireland or something. You could just buy like a tiny little plot of land and that technically makes you a lord. Makes you a lord because you are... Given the title of nobility, of a lord, if you own land in that country. But unfortunately, in America, there is no title of nobility. So just note that. If that is your goal, to become a noble or to become a knight or a lord or whatnot, that unfortunately you cannot in America. That is not part of the American dream. What is hopefully part of the American dream is continuing to build upon that American dream and the foundation of that dream being the principles that have promulgated that dream. If those are principles that you agree with, those are principles that are here stated on the show in order to protect and in order to preserve and promote those principles. I ask that you continue to subscribe, continue to share these episodes with others. It is always greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Josiah Everton, and this is Glorious Rescue.